And we're back for another episode of Startup Hustle, a podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. If you want to start, own, or build a business, then you're in the right place. We bring you the real truth about what it's like to take something from concept to launch, from growth, innovation, experience, failing, or winning big, we've got you covered. So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle, brought to you by Fullscale.io. And we're back. What's up, business pros? I'm so excited. This is the last episode in my four-episode series, and it's been so cool hanging out with you guys and all you hustlers in the past few weeks. I'm excited to get this last one on the road. Well, let me tell you guys, look, fake news has never been more prevalent, and the media bias even more inescapable. And this affects how we perceive the world, what's truth, and what's polarizing, and what's separating us as a nation and the guest today is definitely wants to change that they've reimagined the news they've created a place that tells you exactly what you need to know and why it's important it's an unbiased place where no one's pushing their agenda and a place that empowers you to make your own decisions how novel is that they cut out the bias they cut out the clutter they rewrite the latest most trending news stories in 70 words in real time so make sure you guys check their Instagram out. It's a Tinder-like format where 70 words, uh, where you have 70 word stories on one screen, allowing you to read the story at a glance and scroll through at least five stories in under a minute. So they're creating content like crazy. All right, before we get started and I tell you who the guest is for today, I want to remind you guys that today's episode of Startup Hustle is sponsored by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. So... Coming to you from BoldMedia.com. Let's see. I wanna, am, am I going to get it right? Am I going to get it right? Am I going to get it right? Priyanka Vazirani. What's up, Priyanka? Welcome to the program. Hey, Arnett. How are you doing? Everything. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. Of course. All right. Uh, media industry is probably... I would say the largest industry in the world, everything from advertisements to movies to, I don't know, any single piece of content that we're spending most of our time as a generation looking at is in the media industry. How did you get into this space? Honestly, I don't think we realized what we were getting into when we actually started this. So Shannon and I, um, we go back way back in like from school. We know each other from like high school and uh, literally been like best friends since then. We went our own different paths. So I went um, finance. Um, and after that, we realized that we wanted to do something more impactful. And that's why we started a social startup before Evolve called Benefactory. And long story short, we just realized that um, there's just so much disinformation in the world around us. And for our generation especially, it's just like, it's so complicated to get just the facts and allowing us to, you know, make our own, make our own decisions. And so uh, we were working on this one campaign and it, we were helping uh, migrants at the border. And it just came to a point where nonprofits weren't willing to partner with us. And uh, sorry, companies weren't willing to partner with us. Nonprofits were hiding the fact that they were helping these people literally because of the, the conversation that was in the news. And I think just the, the right wing side was just so sensationalized in a way that 
they were labeling them um, opportunists and murderers and rapists. And it just came down to a point where um, we just did not know what to do. So in like an audacious attempt, we literally just cold emailed a bunch of celebrities saying, hey, there's a lot of disinformation floating around. Can you help us? And luckily, Kerry Washington, Ilana Glazer, Prabal Gurung, they all jumped in, like they posted for us on Instagram and then the conversation changed. People were willing to help us. And that's when you realize like, firstly, it's so powerful to like spread the right word and to see how people's minds are completely affected by what they read. And so that's when we just step back and we're like, okay, we're trying to fight like the, the after effects, but technically we need to make sure that people are being informed in the right manner. And considering our generation does not have the time or patience to read long articles, we just had to, we just decided it had to be in short form. And so every article is just nine seconds. And that is our attention span right now. So you can imagine it's like, it's just really quick content. Uh, a lot of people actually call us like TikTok for news and content. So yeah, that's just, that's how it's become. <laughs> attention span. Ooh, look, a bird, right? That's, that's exactly what ends up happening to us. Every shiny object that shows up in our feed, we want to check it out. Um, I'm a fan of social media. I like uh, consuming a lot of different content, getting a lot of different people's opinions, uh, messing with the algorithm. So like, you know, when I start seeing too many fitness things, I start actively searching on something else to change the way my feed works, right? Uh, little little hacks like that. And I heard this guy on TikTok the other day, he, he was talking about how he's 29 years old, right? And, um, you know, for me as a kid growing up, I didn't have the internet as a kid. It didn't, didn't exist, right? The, the information that I got came from an encyclopedia. However, this 29 year old is on TikTok saying, you know, I have the power, uh, the, so much information at my fingertips, so many things. The problem is no matter what I believe, when I look it up, there's going to be something that substantiates my argument, right? And it works for both sides. So he feels like there's so much information out there and so many things justifying his argument on either side, he feels like he knows nothing, right? That's kind of a weird conundrum to be in where we have so much information, the world, the, every single mind plugged into the internet, and yet we still don't know what's right and what's wrong, what's what's the perfect way to go or the, the, the wrong way to go, the, the misinformation just continues to pile up. You're dealing with millennials in, in, in media right now. You're dealing with people who at this age now have known nothing but having their cell phones in their hands. How are you, how are you filtering through the information and then breaking it up into some of these bite-sized chunks so that they're not so biased, so that they're not so leading, they're just the information? It's true. So what you just mentioned about social media, that's also very true. I feel like a lot of times you just get absorbed into like the whole algorithmic thing, right? So if you are left-leaning, you're going to be shown a lot of left-leaning headlines and similarly for the other way around. And so it's, you just get absorbed into this loop, which we're trying to like fight. And for us, it's all about making sure that you just have the straight up facts. It's just like, okay, it's not, I mean, we started when it was 2020, right? elections, COVID, BLM literally makes you feel like the sky is falling down on you. Yeah. <laughs> and it just came to a point where um, we just decided like, okay, it has to be just clean facts, right? Like you want to make sure like we're giving you, um, we're allowing you to make your own decisions. So for us, we have a team, a really small but efficient team. 
who is um, going through the content, seeing multiple articles, understanding what's going on, and then just distilling the facts in a way that we have no opinions, um, no sensationalism. It's not like, oh my God, he did this, or how dare he did this. It's just like, he did this. Um, so yeah, we just want to make sure that you guys decide what you believe about certain things, because technically, even during the elections, like no one candidate is like wrong in per se, but like sometimes like, you know, the media would pick up different aspects of a debate and just come up to their own uh, conclusion of like, okay, he, he is so wrong because he said X, Y, Z, but you're not looking at the fact that he also said, you know, ABC. So we just trying to make sure like we try to cover everything in a very simple format. So, so having the conversation and, and being able to take whatever's trending and, and, and creating content around that stuff, people are doing it all the time. How are you disrupting the industry? What makes you unique? You kind of hinted on one earlier where you went out and you just DM'd a, a bunch of different celebrities, but what else are you doing to stand out amongst all the other types of content that's being created? Sure. So the first thing first, it's like, um, I mean, when you think of our generation, like Gen Z and millennials, right? It's just extremely frustrating being a consumer of news and content today. There's just way too much going on. So the first thing we do is like, we make sure we curate the best stuff on the internet. So, I mean, like I said, we started in 2020. It was just really like sad news all the time. Mm -hmm. And uh, we just decided that it was just getting too overwhelming, right? You just want, didn't want to be that consumer of news at that point. And so we made sure that we're not just covering the serious stuff, but also balance it out with like younger stuff and interesting content. So your feed becomes really, really interesting. It's not just like things you have to know, but also like, you know, little conversational things that you would never expect to read. So I think we've really hit the nail on curation. And uh, a lot of times we've also got feedback in terms of, uh, you know, of I've deleted all the other apps I've had. I just focus on Vol because it's just so simple. It's like a good balance. It's relevant to me. And we're just like, yes. <laughs> um, the second thing we did is we, we made sure that the, the format is so small and like the format, the, the, the bite-sized content is like perfect and easily uh, consumable. So when you're swiping, it's something that's mimicking social media and something that you're very used to. So you can literally go through like six, seven articles within a minute. And so we started with just the news, but we started getting so many emails and like requests about like, hey, love your, love your format, love how calm your experiences. I want to read more about like, you know, startups. I want to read more about like meme stocks. I want to read more about like other things and quickly realized that they're asking us for things that are like other than the news. And so we started expanding into different things. So, um, I mean, we're down to a point where every second person is starting a newsletter, right? Mm -hmm. And your inbox is getting flooded. And at the same time, you have no time. And even thousand word newsletters, like that's just way too much. So we just, we just decided that uh, we're gonna open up the platform to other newsletter writers as well. So Gen Z voices and as well as like experts in the field. So when I say Gen Z voices also like, you know, when it comes to different topics like being non-binary or something. Gen Z and millennials don't want to hear from something, you know, coming from a boomer. It's like a huge disparity. Mm -hmm. So we wanted to make sure that we also have younger voices 
telling you what's going on from their perspective because that's our audience right people want to hear that stuff um so we have these younger voices as well as um experts in the field like um public.com is like one of the recent you know big wins for us it's like a finance up and coming finance startup which educates you on like meme stocks in like these really quick um tidbits and when you click on check it out you can be you're redirected to their newsletter so you can get a hint of like what the what the gist is before you'd like decide to dive in deeper and it's also a great way for you to discover great news newsletter writers and um, you know people in general i feel like at this point it's very very difficult for gen zers to be found and discovered if you have a newsletter you're like writing in the dark but mm -hmm. what's a way for you to be found uh, if you're not on tiktok right like not everybody's a performer not everyone's an entertainer you have these people who are really really smart at writing um and so we wanted to make sure that our platform helps them um to be discovered so yeah it's it's a mix of a lot of things like curation to the format to like the content really that uh the ability to create content, whether it is a blog, a podcast, a podcast, a, you know, a, a TikTok, whatever it is, that is something that many generations, especially, I think, I feel like the Gen Z um, is having troubles with. They're creating content, but not necessarily sharing content. Like, uh, like for example, like I know the boomers, my 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 parents, for example, my mom and dad take or my mom specifically takes pictures she shares memes all the time she posts pictures and stuff mm -hmm. my daughter however she's a gen zer and her draft folder in her tiktok is huge but her posts are not that many um do you think are, are you seeing a, a shift in kind of some of the the behaviors and the expectations that you're seeing in 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 some of the gen z compared to the gen xers or the gen or, or, or the boomers when it comes to creating content and how they consume content? Yeah, of course. I mean, when you think of Gen Z, it's just very, very different, right? Um, like you mentioned for your daughter as well, I feel like earlier we used to post anything and everything. Like when Instagram started, like we would literally post anything. But mm -hmm. then soon it started becoming more filtered. It's like you had to like have your own personas. Like what do you want to portray to the world? And it's not always like the real stuff. It's more like, you know, Instagram is like for the aesthetic pictures and like um, Clubhouse and TikTok and sorry, Clubhouse and Twitter is for about like how smart you are. So like every social, every social media is like, okay, what are you trying to portray? You know, like, who are you? And it's just so curated and filtered and like literally like thoughtful in a way. Um, so yeah, in terms of like what people are trying to portray is like the, the defining finding reason of like what they're going to share and why they're going to share that. So I think that's, that's the difference between like, say a baby boomer and um, a Gen Zer. And um, when it comes to, I feel like the recent trend is also the fact that um, we're in like a YOLO economy, right? It's like uh, Gen Zers don't really want like a nine to five job. There's so many statistics out there where they literally like, um, I want to be, rich quick uh i don't care if i have a nine to five job but like i'm gonna take whatever risks i want i'm gonna invest all my money in stocks all my money in crypto i'm gonna have a side hustle i'm gonna have a podcast i'm gonna have like a lot of different things that could help me become that person and so we're also seeing a huge uh demographic 
where people want to become intelligently viral. So there is a space for entertainers, right? I mean, obviously there's like TikTok for that um, and now Reels as well, but like TikTok is still like the main entertaining tool. You know, if you want to, if you want to become famous, you want to dance and like share a few things and then that's, that's how it works. But going back to what I said earlier, like not everyone is a performer, not everyone is an entertainer. So for the people who don't want to be on camera, we want to make sure that they also have a platform, you know? And so that's why even Evolve helps them. And our ultimate goal is that we also have like this whole creative economy stuff on Evolve where young writers can be discovered and um, ultimately like, you know, empower them to be the thought leaders of the next generation. When you, uh, when you empower them, there's so many, I mean, we're, we're bombarded, bombarded all the time is, is from marketing to ads, to the way you spin a story so that it has some sort of hidden agenda, right? So as, as you're opening up your platform, how are you ensuring that a lot of the content remains, uh, as unbiased as possible to keep the, the integrity of, of your, of your platform? Sure. So we're actually like inviting people to join us and we're not really like looking for the people who have like a lot of opinions. It's more about like a lot of like research and analysis, right? Hmm. That's kind of like what newsletters are. It's a lot of like deep analysis. And so we pick people like when it comes to like, for example, we started our main two criteria were uh, Gen Z and uh, finance. So I mean, at this point where literally everyone is investing, we made sure that people are asking, you know, people start asking us for a lot of like meme stock content and like anything about like stock analysis and stuff like that. So we decided that instead of like, you know, waiting for like Wall Street Journal to like post about a meme stock that um, they'll probably cover two weeks after when it's already hitting like record highs, uh, we made sure to go the other route and find people like actual financial analysts who have algorithms who are tracking the conversations on Twitter, on Reddit. And, um, you know, they're like, okay, this, this, um, this talk is like bubbling up. And so here's what, you know, like, just like the facts of like where the stock is, what's going on. Um, and yeah, it's just like, it's not opinion as such. It's more like analysis. And so similarly, when it comes to like Gen Z also, it's more like, what Gen Z thinks about certain, like how Gen Z is behaving, like all the questions you're asking me, it's more like uh, we have these um, two writers, The Loop and um, OkZuma, and it's basically breaking down Gen Z for every other generation. It's like language is changing, like this is how Gen Z communicates with memes, you know? So it's more like informative as opposed to like, um, yeah, I don't, I don't like candidate XYZ, so. Yeah. How is Volve, uh, how does it interact with, with its users? So, so walk me through the, I, I mean, I kind of hinted on the, the Tinder style. Walk me through what the user sees and how they, how they use Volve. Sure. I mean, it's really quick, right? So it's just that, so I think one main differentiator is the fact that people right now, especially the younger generation relies on newsletters. And at this point, I feel like newsletters are kind of old when it comes to news. It doesn't click, right? Like why waiting until the next day for say five stories when you already have memes online about the news stories. 
and you know if this if if like say Elon Musk tweets at some tweets about like some uh, Bitcoin or some stock, you don't want to hear about that tomorrow when your Bitcoin has already crashed. You want to know about that in real time, and so we make sure like all of our content is in real time. You get notified. You'll be notified like if something like that happens, and so people just like jump in. Um, they'll be updated in real time. They can go through a few stories. They literally come in and out really quick. And so that's the thing we've seen. It's just like when they have like, you know, three minutes between two Zoom calls, they'll jump in, go through like 20 stories and then jump back out. But they already have so much more new information. Um, and they keep doing this like multiple times a day and several times a week. And so, yeah, it's just a quick way for them to like understand what's going on, a very different variety of things. And obviously, if you want to like dive in deeper, we allow you to click on like a check it out. So it really depends, right? Like um, say if it's about Elon Musk's tweet, we link it out to his tweet. If it is about like, you know, Kim Kardashian sharing some or Kylie Jenner sharing Kylie Swim, like that's a new thing. Um, we allow you to um, be linked to the Instagram so you can check it out, you know? So, and obviously if it's like a newsletter by public and like, you know, talking about like news talks, uh, you get the gist of it, but if you want to really dive in deeper and say, okay, this is something I'm really considering, then you can just like be redirected to the newsletter. So it's just a way for you to quickly consume content. And if you're interested, beat into the source and understand what's up. All right. So far, we've gone a long way. You guys know what Volve is. Hopefully, you're downloading right now and grabbing a little bit of the content because it's coming in in real time. We're going to take a quick little break. And when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about, more about what is media bias? How do you recognize it? And where do we get some reliable news stories? So here we go. All right, today's episode of Startup Hustle is sponsored by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. And ladies and gents, I'm here with co-founder uh, Priyanka Viz oh, sorry, Vazirani, uh, co-founder of VolveMedia.com. And we're just talking about all the different ways that they're changing the way Gen Z, for the most part, interacts with media and the the truth of the matter is gen z even though they're the tiniest group that is being overlooked because you know all us older people tend to look down on that newer generation they're the ones who are paving the way for what's going to happen tomorrow you can't take those people for granted uh and they're you know when we're consuming content and when i was consuming content as a kid i watched this thing called the tv and we had channels and there was commercials and we watched the news but today's generation is just not watching or getting their information the same way. So help me out. What is media bias? And in, in, when you're describing what it is to other people, what, what, how do you describe it in your own words? Um, it's basically just any kind of content that makes you feel like it's, you know, spun in a certain way. So a lot of times, like the facts are spun into something that's more interesting just because it's more catchy, you know? Mm -hmm. So it really depends. So if um, it could be something as small as like a single word that can make it, you know, have a connotation that is positive or negative. So if you literally just say like, you know, Hernan said X, Y, Z, as opposed to like Hernan threatened X, Y, Z, it's like automatically like you did what? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so um it's something as simple as that you know like um sensationalized adjectives 
or anything like that to it could be something more opinionated or like you're just showing one side of the facts so um i feel like a lot of times depending on which which side the 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 publication is leaning they also cover up a lot of things um and only focus on whatever you know coincides with their opinions or with their agenda in a way so i'll just give you an example there was this one point where all the social media websites like um, twitter facebook were on trial about you know censoring a lot of right-wing leaders and it was really interesting because um somebody had asked um zuckerberg and jack dorsey about like you know have you sent have you censored anybody on the left leaning you know any left leaning um politicians and none of them had an answer and it was really crazy because everybody on the right side was covering this content but anybody on the left side just like ignored this completely but at the same time it was important to know right it's like you as a consumer no matter which side you're leaning it's important for you to know that yes right-wing people are being censored but like left-wing people aren't so automatically your perspective is like okay i know and i understand what's going on so it just goes like a little bit deeper in a way and just shows you both sides regardless of like whatever your thoughts are so how do we recognize media bias? You know, what, where, who are the sources that you're seeing that, that we can easily point a finger and say, look, that one you might want to stay away from. They're, all, they're purely left. That one you want to stay away from. They're purely right. This one you want to be, you want to be able to take a look at. This one is much more uh, fact-based. Um, I think when it comes to just the headlines, you can easily tell which one is like an opinion based and which one is like an actual, you know, like fact based headline. So, um, like a long time ago, when uh, this is just like a personal story, but like VOX Box, um, loved that website, um, loved the explainer videos. But after I got into, you know, working with like on Valve, I realized like when you open their website, out of like 10 headlines, at least eight are like actual opinions versus like facts, you know? So automatically, like when you see that from like a different shift, it's like, wait, what am I reading? So yes, opinions are fine, but I just feel like a lot of times websites should just have like a, a distinction of like what is news and what is like opinions. You're like, that should be a clear distinction. And that's where the lines get really blurry, right? Because sometimes when you are on any news site, and it's a trusted source and you go through the stuff, you go to the content and you read a sentence or two and it's like really, really biased. But at the same time, you're like, this is the news. I got to trust it because it's the news. And so that's that's like what we're trying to like, you know, make people more aware of in terms of uh, making sure that they're consuming content, but being more aware of like what they're reading. So yeah, just like make sure like it's not opinions um, covered as facts. Do you think there's like a, a lack of diversity or maybe like a double standard when it comes to where we're getting our content or the access to the content that we have? Um, no, I think this comes back to like the whole um, algorithmic bias, right? So automatically, like whatever you start reading, whatever you're clicking on, um, especially on social media, where a lot of people are getting the news from this today, um, automatically you're being shown whatever you want to be shown. So I think that's one place where you can really fall into a trap.
Mm, I, I love the I love the way you explain that too. I mean, I, I use an analogy all the time. I remember when I was in high school, I wanted this three door Honda Civic hatchback on the red one, right? And uh, and as soon as I was you know 16 years old, and I was able to get in a position where I was going to get one. All of a sudden, I'm driving down the freeway and I see another one, and I see another one, and I see another one. And it's not that they weren't there; it's just that you know my mind focused on that particular thing and now it saw that more often and i feel uh that the algorithms are very much designed the way our mind is designed so that as soon as you start opening the door to whatever it is that you're searching on or clicking on you're going to see more and more and more and more of that and it gets really fine-tuned um and that's not necessarily a bad thing however it does only really show you one side of an equation and you can fall deep into a, a rabbit hole because uh, i know on the freeway for example when there's an accident i i can't help but to look right and and when we get our attention grabbed like that i can't help but to continue reading what else is that conspiracy going into how far can i go can i go down that rabbit hole and i think that's where we start losing some of that uh what is actually true and what is entertainment and what was just plain and simply made up it's not true at all um are we worried about falling down rabbit holes when we go to volve no it's just so simple i mean just think about it right it's like you have nine seconds you have like three to four sentences at max we don't even have the space <laughs> for opinions. It's like literally this is what happened. And so, yeah, we just make sure like all of our content is very, very clean. And I mean, it's not always politics, right? I mean, usually uh, when I'm talking about bias, I'm mainly talking about politics. But um, there's so much other content that you would love to read. It's just like interesting stuff. So we make sure it's like not just like this heavy bias stuff or unbiased stuff. But it's also like young and fun content that people just want to read and just be like, you know, you can like use that in a conversation, be that person who knows who knows what's up about everything going on. So, yeah, that's the whole point behind it. I love that, by the way, because that's the that's the person to be. Oh, astronaut, he knows. He knows. No, I don't. But I know where to get the answer from. I'm going to go to Volvo and download that app and I'm going to have all the scoops you need in order to hear that story. All right. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the business itself. Uh, when did you guys get started? Where where are you at currently? So we started about um, early last year. And um, so far, it's been great. We actually bootstrapped for, for a while because we wanted to make sure that we have a product for people to see before we start raising investment. Because obviously, it's always better to show people like what your vision is before you actually start, you know, um, fundraising. And for us, our whole vision is the fact that, you know, Instagram is for aesthetic content, aesthetic pictures, Spotify is for all things audio. And we want Evolve to be the place for short form text content. So, and um, yeah, it's just, uh, Sorry, can you repeat the question again? Yeah, yeah, yeah no. where, where, where were you at today? And then let's let's move into the next part. So that's where that's where you decided to build the company. Where are you at today? And where do you where you plan on going? Sure. So we at this point we actually just recently crossed a milestone of like ten million swipes. Um, and so Congrats. that's a huge improvement for us. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so yeah, we started. We were bootstrap initially. We were bootstrap for a while, and then. We got into Snapchat's accelerator and that was really great. It was like a 
it, we were just ecstatic and over the moon when we realized that we were part of this. It was only nine companies, so you can imagine like how um, picky they were. So it was it was great, and um, now we are raising our seed round to make sure that we can get ball in everybody's hands. Um, so initially, I mean, until now, we actually haven't spent a single dollar on marketing. It's all been purely organic. And it's crazy because somehow we've been able to reach people in over a hundred countries. Mm. And uh, it's literally just through the internet, you know, it's just like spreading the word. People pick up on it. Like um, I think initially when we were trying to like gain traction, we just started like reaching out to people on like YouTube, you know, it's like, Hey, you often talk about like this and that, like check out our app. And so one person started covering it, another person started covering it. And soon we realized that we had people from different parts of the world reaching out to us being like, Hey, I'm from Singapore. Like, can you add, can you add more content on Singapore? Like I'll pay you. <laughs> and we're like, you know, Singapore is probably like last on our list right now. It's like the smallest country, <laughs> but when we have the bandwidth, of course we'll get there. But, um, yeah, so it's it's been great and we want to be able to, you know, help people in different parts of the world. And um, even though our content is very US-centric, it's being used by a lot of people around the world for, you know, they're still getting content on like tech and crypto and like a lot of different things. And I feel like at this point, it's also like, you're never just from like one place, right? It's like, um, you might be from America, but you probably like have roots from a different country and you want to know what's going on. And if you mm -hmm. don't know what's going on and say like Afghanistan right now, like how can you be that person, you know? So we make sure like we cover stories from all around the world as well and make sure people are like more well-rounded. So that sounds like a really heavy project. I mean, you guys are in the point where you're, you're now in, in raising, raising capital, I'm, I'm kind of wondering, like, what was what was your planning style like, and like, what part of your plan has been way off? What part of your plan has been like spot on? I think this one tip I would give to every bootstrap or every startup founder who's just getting started: don't wait for your product to be ready to start marketing it. Don't wait for your product to be ready to start having an email list or any kind of traction on social media like get people hyped up for your product. So we didn't do that. We just spent all the time making sure this app is fine. It's ready. It's like available on Apple and Android before we even started talking about it. And I think that was a huge, um, a huge problem for us because we started with like zero traction on day one when the product was ready. And so I feel like now I feel like there's a whole, you know, um, focus on community and that's also why we're like that's we, we want to focus on like you know marketing and community building because that's just what is important these days like you want to have those people cheer, cheering you on like making sure like they believe in your vision and like you know they're supporting you and um yeah like i feel like every company right now is like community driven so make sure that you have your people supporting you just from like day one, like find your people. And a lot of times they're also like really helpful in terms of giving you feedback. So if, if you are just getting started out, like, you know, start making your email list and any kind of like social media uh, profile, start getting people to talk to you and start getting their feedback even before you have a product. So your product is going to be amazing from day one. And when your product is finally ready, you you hit the ground, you, you hit the ground, you know, running. So you already have traction, you already have your initial customers. So I think that would be a great win 
for anything. Yeah, such great advice. I mean, you're right. Imagine if you had launched your your app and you already had people waiting to jump on. I mean, that would have been that would have been way, way better. Now, you did grow from there, right? So yes, it would have been awesome to have that email list ahead of time. Yes, it would have been awesome to have that fundy to that have that uh, marketing ahead of time. But now you've gotten to the point where you're starting to raise funds. What advice would you give somebody about about raising capital? Um, it is very painful. (laughs) It is a lot of work. I feel like a lot of times we're just being distracted by like, you know, it's like, what do I focus on? Do I just focus on like raising money or do I focus on like actually building my product, which is like the hard part. Um, so yeah, I feel like a lot of times it's just, it's just down to like networking and again, community building. Cause if people are already talking about you, chances are that like, you know, some VC is going to hear about you and like get in touch with you directly. And it's crazy. Like we, I was actually talking to um, Channing Allen from Indie Hackers and because of the community that he built, he literally got an email from Stripe one day, like a cold email saying, Hey, we want to buy you. (laughs) And when he told me this, I was like, wait, what? Like what? Did that even seem real? He's like, no, we thought it was a joke, (laughs) but they were actually serious. And it's, yeah, I think it's just like getting people to talk about you. I think that's the most important thing. And that's what we're also trying to like work on at this point, like, you know, the community building aspect. So, yeah, I think. Is that your end goal to, to be bought by a, by a bigger fish or do you have different aspirations for, for Volt? I mean, even before we get there, I feel like there's a lot of work to be done and a lot of scope to grow. Um, our ultimate goal is, like I mentioned earlier, like we wanted to be the platform for short form content. So I'm not sure what that means for us in terms of like end goal. Like it's not just like, you know, making this product just to be bought, but we really, really behind this mission and we want to make sure like we hit that before we even think about these things. Is there something that you like really had to work hard? You really had to hustle for to, to make happen or to avoid? Um, let's see. Honestly, it's just, it's difficult creating content, you know, and Mm. it's difficult coming up with like, even the guidelines, like how do you initially when we started, we're like, okay, fine, we want this really, really clean platform. But like, we had to come up with like the guidelines by ourselves. We had to like train all of our writers. So Shannon and I don't even come from a journalism background. Um, I'm in finance. I mean, I was in finance. She was in uh, consulting and law. So it literally came down to us literally thinking out of the box and like understanding, okay, what do we as consumers want, you know, and taking Mm -hmm. it from there. So having to create content, like literally around the clock, like when everyone's like, oh, the holidays are approaching. We're just like, oh my God, the holidays are approaching because who's going to be writing this stuff? (laughs) So you need to make sure that someone's always there, which is extremely difficult. Um, so I think, yeah, like creating content has been, um, something that has been quite time consuming. Uh, by the same time, now that we're opening up the platform, we kind of want to make sure that we are allowing people to add content and it also allow us to like diversify our content and also grow faster. So yeah, that's one of the things we're focusing on coming to like change that problem. What are, what are a few things that you've learned that transformed you as a leader? I mean, you said you were a finance person before. 
now you're running a company uh, that's growing. I mean, 10 million swipes is quite an accomplishment. So what, what are some things that you've learned that have transformed you into a leader or professional person that you are now? I think everything just comes down to like people skills. Like the most difficult thing is like managing your people and keeping them motivated, keeping them, you know, like making sure like you are helping them grow as a person too. Like they have to be motivated, you know, by themselves. Like you, as much as you can train them, you can't get them to do their work. So you have to make sure that they want to do the work. And I think that's the difficult part. And, um, yeah, it also changes your perspective when you're hiring because initially, you know, you think it's all about like skills and like you have to have the skill set, but like skills can be learned. But like when it comes to personality and like, you know, your motivation behind it, that is something that will literally drive your team. And uh, you need to make sure you're like looking for the right um, characteristics when you're hiring. So Tell me about your... Yeah, tell me about your team. I mean, who who's on your team and how did, how did you select them to be part of your entire program? Our team is extremely young. So we literally took a shot on everybody who like recently graduated from, from college. And um, even our app developer, he hadn't even worked in a different company before, but he had like done great projects while he was in college. And um, yeah, we just like, you know, gave him a shot and he really delivered. Um, Similarly for like other things as well, like our content, our team is extremely young. And so I think that median age would be probably like 25. <laughs> so you can imagine it's, it's just, it, yeah, it's just, um, we have people, we have about like, we have writers, we have app developers, we have UI designer, we have someone who's working on AI to make sure like, you know, you're seeing all of these different amazing people and your feed is becoming more um, curated for you in terms of like, oh, you want to read about like tech, we'll show you more tech. So it's, yeah, it's just all over the place. So for your young team, would you, would you consider yourselves to be driven or obsessed? <laughs> I think you need to be a bit of both. <laughs> just because like you have to be you have to work even though you don't want to. You know, there are many days where you just like have to wake up super early and you have to stay up extremely late just to like take calls or like finish what you have to do. So you have to have a mixture of both. And uh, yeah, it just comes down to your own motivation. Like how, how much do you want it? And I think that's the most important factor because a lot of times you're not going to want to work and you're going to have be, you're going to face so many problems that you're just like, okay, what am I doing? <laughs> but you still have to wake up the next day and you still have to go after it. So it's an emotional roller coaster. Not gonna lie, it's not It's not easy being a founder at all. It's not just like you know rosy pictures, but um, yeah, it's hard work. Oh, and the work never ends. Just when you think you're at the next spot, then you look up and you're like, "Ooh, I can get to that next level. Let's go there!" Right? The work continues and continues. All right. Uh, before we end today's show, uh, Priyanka, can you, can you help me out? How can people get a hold of you? How can people get on to Evolve? Like, what can they do to become to to get involved? Sure. Uh, so you can download the app from uh, Play Store or I or the Apple Store. It's free. So um, yeah, and if you want to find out more about us, you can just go to our website. It's evolvemedia.com. 
And yeah, if you want to get in touch with me, feel free to email me uh, or just connect with us. It, you can reach out to us from connect at vaultmedia.com or yeah, follow me on Twitter. It's easy. Sweet. All right, Priyanka, before we head out, is there anything you feel I didn't ask? Something that you wanted to get off your chest to share with the audience uh, to let them know that I failed to ask you or something that might have slipped my mind? Sure. I think if you have... Um, if you have a newsletter or if you think you know your content would be great fit for golf feel free to reach out we'd love to hear from you um it could be about any topic that you're passionate about and at the same time we're also starting this different program for gen zers uh, we want to hear from you we want you to be discovered and we're starting this like fellowship program where we literally train you to write for this attention deficit generation and we give you your own channel on Valve. So we're looking for people, we're looking for a small group of really, really smart um, Gen Z writers. And uh, yeah, if you think you're it or you think it's you know suitable for a friend, please let them know and reach out to us. All Again, right, you know. La last question. <laughs> um, what's it like growing up Z? Sorry? What's it like growing up Gen Z? I'm actually a millennial. <laughs> oh, you're right there. No, right. you're right there. Okay, cool, cool, cool. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. <laughs> What's the what? What do you feel is the biggest difference between you know you're you're a young millennial and working with Gen Z people? Uh, it is quite different, actually, about a lot of things. I mean, they just think different, and even when we're trying to like plan for you know. Um, our target audience and stuff like we actually like the fact that we have a younger team it gives us a different perspective and um yeah it's just always we are always learning about different people and trying to like you know make sure we're accommodating for them so if you think of i mean yeah i think going back to like the main differentiating factor is like millennials or gen z is rather gen z is all about like that yolo economy that we're trying to you know kind of um get it to it's like they are extremely smart extremely mature and extremely motivated at a very very young age like when you're if, if they're like barely like 15 or 16 and they're talking about like you know startups podcasts having a newsletter and different things like we didn't yeah <laughs> but then you had a phone probably like when you're i think I, I think i got my first phone when i was um in 10th grade or 9th grade i'm not really sure but like Obviously, that's a huge gap, right? Like we were doing different things when we were at that age. And so I think they're just, yeah, they just get started really early and they're really, really smart in a different, in a different way, which is great. Access to so much information. Exactly. All right, well, uh, thank you very much for coming on the show today, sharing. I mean, what you guys are doing is amazing. Little bite-sized chunks, ladies and gents. Grab all the information you need so you can stay top of mind in text message size content. Just swipe, get all the information real quick, and be the one who knows, because when you know, everybody knows you. All right, Priyanka, thank you very much for coming on the show. Ladies and gents, once again, today's episode of Startup Hustle was sponsored by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Make sure you guys find us on Instagram at Startup Hustle Podcast or check out our YouTube channel. Priyanka, thank you very much for coming on the show. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll catch you again next time. Peace out, y'all. Have a great rest of your day, business pros. 
Startup Hustles brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Make sure you reach down and hit that subscribe button, then come find us on Instagram. See you next time. <laughs>